This is the Land Legacy Podcast, brought to you by Whitetail Properties Real Estate. We're your hosts, Adam Keith and Matt Dye. This is your weekly resource for habitat management, wildlife management, and recreational real estate. We hope you guys enjoy the show. Hey guys, welcome back to Land Legacy Podcast. We're your hosts, Adam Keith, and Matt Dye is joining us from afar. You can probably hear a little road rumble behind behind him. Probably. probably. Driving uh, south out of Atlanta, headed to some work down here this week, and excited to see, uh, well, not to jump into the podcast too quickly, but uh, excited to see the jungle of, of Georgia, because I know it's full-on humid, rainy, growing season, and it's going to be thick. No doubt. It's, you know, you said, maybe calling this podcast, I, I forget, like Second Spring, or you had another, and I'm almost thinking we call it Welcome to the Jungle, because <laughs> if you go... We should do intro music for this one. Mid-country south, it is a jungle right now. Oh, um, my gosh. And if you go, basically, Kansas line east, south... It yep. is is an absolute jungle, and and I think a lot of times, well, just for example, um, when when you look at when you look at the way people farm right now, like a, a lot of cattle farmers and people are like they're mowing, they're they're doing these things to try to put the vegetation back, and it's like this is not they're looking for that English lawn or that English pasture where you're like this is not England, this is not England. This is this is America, and things turn into a jungle real quick. Uh, so fast. And 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 our warm season grasses that are even taller, that get even taller, aren't even really rocking right now. Like I saw Johnson grass today that's probably two foot tall, and by the end of yep. its growing cycle, if not grazed, will be over six foot tall. And oh yeah, it, and, and it, but it'll be three foot tall in a matter of another week and a half. Like it grows that fast. Yeah. And um, just so much going on right now that and, and for a lot of the guys up north, there's certain vegetation things that can uh, vegetative species that can grow pretty tall. But it's a whole different world up there in comparison to down here. Like you think about kudzu, Matt, you'll probably see yep. some kudzu at some point on your trip. And there's a probably. very good chance that I'll see kudzu uh, next week on my trip. You've got a big farm in Georgia. I believe you're going to. And I've got a, a yep. big farm in uh, Tennessee that I'm going to, um, yep. which is kind of funny. I, I, we say big farm, but, like, we work on property in, in the southwest and the west, and I guess now you can say the, the, the northwest with Montana and say, you know, the one in Montana, yeah, certainly was a ranch. But the, it's like this is 400 acres and it's a ranch. But then we go 1,000 acre plus in the east, and we still just call it a big farm. I wonder yep. where that line's at, where it's like, if it's if it's of size, it's called a ranch, but here we call it a farm. Um, it's kind of like the it's kind of like whether it's a lake or a pond. Everyone's got their opinion, and you just don't know. No doubt, no doubt. Um, just go with the, what the locals say. That's but, right. But, you know, be careful with that, or you'll be you'll be chasing tamarack trees in western uh, western Oklahoma. That's true, and, and we'd be chasing a uh, rabbit tail. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> real. Yeah, local uh, lingo. 
Before we get yeah, going, I, though, we want to make a call out um, for Onyx. Um, helps yep. support this podcast for some of you guys that don't have it. And we've got a podcast coming up where we're going to discuss how we use it. Um, but if you guys are looking to renew or update your Onyx or you're wanting to expand and get out of just your localized state and go maybe to the elite level, use promo code LEGACY20. And uh, that'll save you 20% at checkout at OnX. So in the App Store, search OnX. If you don't have it by now, uh, I don't know how you're uh, how you're operating. I know Matt and I couldn't do our jobs without it. So um, check it out, OnX, at the App Store. All right, Matt. Yeah, I think I think we we led into this pod, the podcast talking to preface what we're going to discuss. But I think that the the main portion of this that everyone really before we get into like exactly saying what we've been observing here is the fact that like when we're talking that it's a jungle like green vegetation just just seeing lots of green vegetation isn't necessarily a, a great thing because we don't know what that green vegetation is comprised of and and more importantly we're talking about things in, a, in an environment that is making it really difficult for turkey poults to be able to navigate or quail chicks to be able to navigate at this time of the year the, the season change from spring to summer or just that transition out out of like after you get leafed out after budding it just is so rapid and the change that happens we talk about like fresh tender succulent vegetation for deer and that's everywhere like i mean is it absolutely everywhere there's no yeah. shortage yeah. of it right now it'd be like but, it's like a deer going in the willy wonka and the chocolate or the Willy Wonka chocolate factory where everything yeah. is food, everything is candy. You can eat anything you want. That's pretty much uh, where it's at with the deer right now. But, but it's the exact opposite. And, and for, for turkey poles, like you can't go anywhere you want. Yep. You, you, you're, you're dead. If you go that direction, you go yep. north, south, east, and west, you're toast. And so it's like all this rain that we've gotten. And, and I shouldn't, you know, not We're blessed to get rain that we get, yeah. not, but like the amount that we get and then the preceding temperatures and just, it's just, so it's just the climate that, that we live in. And, and I'm saying this and knowing that, Hey, we can't change our climate, but what we can do is change a disturbance regime to kind of offset the aggressiveness of the growing season. And, mm-hmm. and I think that's where people just maybe their mind hasn't ever, ever even like considered that thought process. But it's like things can get way too thick really quickly. And and this year walking around um, after doing a lot of TSI there at the at the house, it's like, holy cow, this has completely changed. Um, some for the good, some for the bad, some invasive species. But like I've had to go back in and do heavy treatment and that's a type of disturbance but it's like if i hadn't have done that and, and it's it was in may when i did it what would it look like come august i can't even fathom that and and, and think like i what i did then tsi previously was beneficial it's like yeah. i had to go back in there and i think everyone sees you know the focus gets on the food plot this time of the year and everything else gets to the wayside because you see green vegetation, you see it everywhere and you're like, Oh, it's just great. But it's like, wow, we really need to slow down and consider is that jungle really helpful? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Probably not. Yeah. Depending on what species we're talking about. And I think, you know, as a whole, 
we have talked for the first however many podcasts we've done where we've really, you know, we're managing, we're, we're managing big picture. We're talking TSI. We're talking burning. And, and, and this spring we've really tried to make a hard line in what's best for the deer isn't always what's best for the turkey and or what's always best for the quail. And this podcast specifically really is trying to break down that idea that what's best for the deer is probably what's is probably good for the turkey. Because if you go out on the landscape right now, I'll take, you know, where I've been on, on the woodlands in the last week and a half, and you go into a riparian area, and it is river oats or Virginia wild rye, and it's almost waist high. Or jewel weed, which is over waist high. And then you roll out in some of the open areas and you say, oh, wow, okay, this this odd area that's getting full sunlight is, you know, waist high of, of grasses and randomness and stump sprouts or hinge cut trees. And, and you're like, wow, this is thick. And if you really look, and then you look at pastures that haven't been cut for hay yet, um, or, or hay fields that haven't been cut for hay, or pastures that haven't been grazed yet, you can quickly see if there was any kind of moisture on the ground, it would be, uh, you would take five steps and have soaked feet for, and, and knees yeah. wet down. It would be, wow. This is brutal, and, and in fact, Chad and I were having a conversation back probably a month ago when it really started happening, and it was like, you know, if I got down on my belly right now and tried to navigate through this, it would be an absolute jungle, and it would be miserable to try to crawl around on my belly through the farm right now. It, you know, and I don't want to, this isn't an exaggeration, but, but literally that picture that you're painting, it's a death sentence for a cult. Yeah. Wet, thick, can't navigate, expend too much energy trying to navigate, expend too much any tr- energy trying to thermoregulate. It just doesn't work. And, and that is, that's why I feel like part of the situation that a lot of people are in when talking turkey numbers is that, again, habitat is not conducive there's no like resetting of vegetation i i i i think i made a post the other day social media wise you made a good one today too uh, a video talking about um you know, clover plots and whatnot but like i made one talking about the necessity of having um brood ring cover and, and basically posed the question can you identify where it's at on your place like tell me where it's at where if you were pulled where would it go yeah and, and i don't even think a lot of people really could say this is this is super conducive like this yeah. is what they're looking for i'll find them here most people cannot find that or, or would be lost in the situation to identify it on a property that yeah. if you can't find it if it doesn't come to mind right out of your your head that's an issue. That's a problem. Uh, how, how are you expect a pulp to find it? Yeah. I am really starting to, you know, if 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 I look at our farm and I say, where, where's our brood rearing cover? I'm going to say what we burned this spring, it, it, wherever yep. that's at. And, Timber, field edges. Yep. And, and we have about 200 to 250 acres that we burned this spring. Well, that all sounds great. 
But keep in mind, too, some of the stuff that was burned in January, Matt, you and Chad burned it. It's already knee to hip high, and it was yeah. burned. And, right. and, and, and you go, how can that happen? And it had so much time and so much sunlight. You know, when you burn in January, that soil warms up quick. And yeah, exactly. and it has full sun. And so, you know, January to February, March, April, May, we're into June now. That's five months. And, yep. if, and if a hen has just hatched that e- those eggs, that's five months for stuff to start growing back. Now, of course, it's not going to start growing until March. But you go March through April through May, that's three months that vegetation has been growing. And you think, oh, wow, that would not be – just imagine trying to, you know, let's just play the game of you you put a tennis ball on the end of your boot and you're trying to walk through your property and keep that tennis ball from getting wet – from getting knocked off from all kinds of debris, getting raked off in thick grass, and it would be very difficult. And then the worst part about this is that that really kind of thinks about, okay, well, you roll out the stuff that you burned last year because it's too thick. Roll out the CRP that you haven't controlled the the overabundance of grass in. Roll that out. Um, there is no reason, you know, oh, closed canopy forest is easier to navigate, but there's not a, hardly an insect in there. So the turkeys, yeah, they can navigate in there, but there's nothing Correct. to eat. So now Correct. they're they're in a flip at 180 problem. And then, okay, well, where are they? Well, maybe they're going to use a roadway next to one of these old field areas. Well, guess what else is using those roadways almost exclusively? Yep. Predators. Predators. Well, that... And and not everyone has old fields. There's a no. lot of recreational properties out there that are timber. So so you have to, I guess, trying to really strive here is if you're a timber property, you don't have the ability to have the old field or, or what you think of immediately when you think of brood rearing cover, you you have to manage the timber frequently enough that you have the you have the open ground, the ability for them to navigate, and the ability for them to thermoregulate, but have that insect life in there too to try and make it as as productive as possible. Because, again, you can't always just rely on neighboring properties to always do the same thing. So, yeah. so it's going to have to fall on your shoulders. And, I mean, there's there is ways to be able to do it you can do some herbicide you can do um burning and and please think about burning outside of the month of january february and march mm-hmm. like you want another disturbance you want to change some things well then bur- change when you burn it and, and i get it it's been wet and it's been humid yeah but there still have been times or portions of properties that I could think of is like, wow, you know, that actually would burn right now. Like no there's doubt. a lot of, there's a lot of stats in that. And, and don't, don't you, it doesn't have to be fire line to fire line, black it all out. No, it could no, be no, a no, mosaic no, no. and just creep. And, you know, Chad and I, we were Ideally, walking that's through. that's what happened. Exactly. We were looking at, uh, during turkey season, we're like, or, or just after turkey season, we were doing our, part of our forestry management plan. It was like, I think this might burn right now. 
Yeah. But we were too busy yeah. with the forestry management plan to even try it. But it's like, I'm pretty certain we could get this to burn right now. Which, and and that's one of the almost over overselling of of something. And and I'm really trying to stress and pick my words correctly in this because I don't want a bunch of guys going out and saying, "Well, he said it was okay." Um, the burning of nesting season. I think a lot of times we have been like, you know, the government's burning during nesting season. And and I hate to say it, but on social media, when people throw out the, I can't believe they're burning during nesting season, a lot of times I see those people's comment, and I'm like, I'm not even sure you could identify nesting season. Because it's it's not from <laughs> March to June, like, yeah. in your area. There's going to be the very, the there's the peak nesting. And everything else, there may f- be a few scragglers, but those few scragglers really are just scragglers. That's all they are. The, 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 the heart of it is what you should be focused on. But even then, when you h- historically look at fire on the landscape, you'll find lightning strike fires come, come, to, uh, come up. And, and yeah. so many times you think, well, what is a lightning strike fire? And historically, there were these late spring, early summer burns. And you're like, how? I'm even guilty of this. And like you said earlier, how would you even be able to burn during late spring? And would it? Would you burn up all the nests? I'm not going to say you wouldn't burn up a nest, but chances are you wouldn't burn up all the nests. Correct. And and, and think and, about this: if if you're burning like you should be burning your property. If you're managing it in the way that you're doing it, these burns that we're that we're trying to promote right now, we're not talking big landscape burns. We're talking about patchwork stuff. We're talking about mosaic type burns. We're talking, you know, it could be a five acre section. It could be a ten acre. It doesn't have to be your large eighty acre block. No doubt. You know, there's always. You should never just have one spot that's conducive to nesting or one no spot that's conducive to brood ring. You should always have the the mixture of vegetation types, structures, timing, heights, everything across your whole place. That's what you're striving for. So when, when you're worried about, let's say, um, burning up a nest because you're burning during this nesting season, then you miss the boat and your property's not where it needs to be. And the only thing to actually get it where it needs to be is to burn. So you have to start like you're, you're worried about it because that's your only cover or your only um, sufficient nesting substrate. That's an issue. <laughs> burn. <No doubt. laughs> that, that's the first thing you have to realize is yes, that might be the only stuff, but like you, you got to be able to, think outside the box not short term not this nesting season i want you thinking nesting seasons four five six seven years down the road that's where your mind should be because you're thinking long-term benefit of this mosaic across the property you can't really do that in a year but you can do it over the course of five really well yeah for sure and you think about a lot of management in the past has been, you know, we've done a fair share of things, and we're even guilty of this, but one of the things that I'm really, man, I, I, if I'm going to speak honest about about this, this time of year, because, you know, if you haven't heard by now, wild turkey's not doing so hot in much of the United States, and, and 
in this week's podcast talking about Welcome to the Jungle, it's it's right in the heart of where the biggest decline has happened. When you look at the yep. southeast and southern United States and, and southern Midwest, is the turkeys aren't doing so well, and guess what? The place has grown up. And when you look at it, like if you could just, you know, I, I hate doing this, but let's just summarize some of the main key features that are happening uh, or key habitat types across the landscape right now. You have, you have uh, hay fields or pastures. And the pastures yep. could be overgrazed, or they could be resting. Who knows what the what Even, what's happening? Yeah. Even so, it's probably a non-native grass that's not attracting as many insects as as it could. Um, it's dominated by a lot of grass, um, so it's still not it doesn't have the forb component to attract more insects. And uh, then you go into the hay fields, and they're too thick, and so if a hen is using them for nesting, they're get they're on borrowed time. Where sometime soon the first uh, the first uh, hay cutting is coming, and you just hope yeah. like crazy those those nests are hatched and out of there before they get mowed down, which is yeah. scary. I mean, could you imagine just laying down in your bed at night, going at some point the roof's going to blow off? And, <laughs> I mean, it, yeah. it would t- terrifying, and they don't even know it. Um, nope. And then you look at, you know, l- let's go into pine plantation. What's going on in pine plantation right now? Well, there's not <laughs> a lot of insects. Um, even though it may be some bare ground, there's not a lot of insects. So yep. this has been kind of too the, the – It's I, just a void. It's a desert. Like, yeah. And, and I, I know that everyone, you know, you hear the term biological desert, biological desert, and that sounds really nerdy and, and this and that, but literally there's nothing happening. And, and I, I would – I guess the severity of this or the importance of this uh, next phrase, it's turkeys right now are making the habitat work. Like they're, they're, they're adjusting and making the insufficiencies work to try and still produce pulse. It's not coming easy. And it's like, we can make it easier on them. We're just choosing not to. They're putting most of us on their back to carry Correct. us through when we should be putting them on our back saying, I got you. I'm going to do what you need to thrive. Yeah. And it it reminds me, Adam, of the scenario of, of the, the cattle farmer who um, probably is, is a lot, a lot like a lot of farmers where the cows make the decision of oh, yeah. where they go, when they eat, how much they eat, how much they graze, what they're eating and so on and so forth. Yeah. Opposed to the cattle farmer who says, "No, you're here now. The next day you're moved, and the next day you're moved, the next day you're moved." There's yeah. a difference in who's making those management decisions. Well, right now, the turkey is is suffering because of the lack of the management decisions that are being made by a lot of landowners, and no that's doubt. not cool. There needs to be that second spring, and that sounds harsh, but it's reality. Yeah. And if we want to change something, we've got to we got to adjust our reality and adjust our yeah. focus and the way we're managing. And then you look at some of the other landscapes, hardwoods, and okay, well, let's just say the hardwoods have been thinned at some point, but haven't been burned. Well, the stem count's too high. It's too thick in briars, brambles, and uh, forest regeneration, which isn't Tree terrible. Tops. Tree tops. But, it, but if the goal is producing more wild turkeys and quail, it needed a disturbance years mm-hmm. ago. So it's no good for us. 
And then you could go, well, what about a forest that hasn't been cut? Same thing as a pine plantation. Maybe a little bit more insect component, but very little cover and not, not too great. Uh, and, and you look at, wow, that, that uh, or a crop field. You could then go into crop fields in the south and say, well, uh, at least the the weeds were sprayed. Oh, wait, the weeds are what? The monoculture. The weeds <laughs> are what was attracting the insects. So now we yep. have six-inch tall soybeans that aren't attracting many insects and bare ground all in between. Oh, and, and, and let, let's let's go back to even the one of the biggest components is everyone's like, well, I've got food plots. They like the openings. Yeah. Well, yeah. Your video again today that was posted. Great example of a perennial clover stand that at this time of the year, you'll find turkeys and broods in clover plots throughout the summer. Absolutely. Yeah. You will. And especially late As morning, they get a, yeah, midday, they get a little older, too. Yeah, ab- totally, totally. They're they're usable then, but we're not talking about that right now. We're talking about here and now, early June, the jungle phase of things. It's not usable. It's yeah. not good. It's not good. Same it thing with so a, much better. A, 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 a field that is planted in small grains, cereal rye, wheat, uh, triticale, barley, oats. They're seeded out like they're not going through that if it's a if it's a thick planting. Yeah, um, that's not usable right it, now. It's so, like, I, and that's another video you're going to see real soon on social media. Is you're going to see a comparison between uh, cereal rye, the standing tall, and this isn't even a thick stand. This is a food plot that I planted last year that didn't get fertilized, and it's still four and a half foot tall cereal rye, thick with wheat, oats, and triticale, and. Annual clovers. I mean, it's the legacy blend, which is mm-hmm. a great blend. But if your goal is if if you plant it thinking turkey broods, I mean, it's not it. That's not that's, it. That's not that's it. Not that's work. not what you want. And uh-uh. and then so okay, well we laid it over, we 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 drilled over it and we laid it over, or we sprayed it and laid it over, or we crimped it over. Well, I don't know about you, but just picture going out west to chase elk where there's been a fire and a bunch of blowdowns. And you're just constantly climbing over tree trunks. And you're climbing over them. You get over that one. you got to climb over another one. I wouldn't want to nope. be a poult doing that with, Adam, uh, you know, with you know, the pterodactyls swooping down out of the sky trying to pick <laughs> me off. It wouldn't be fun. You, you know you know the best food plot right now for turkeys? Is a weed patch. Is the guy who hasn't planted because of some reason he hasn't sprayed yet. And it was a grain field last year, and he hasn't done anything with it. That That's literally right. is the best thing for turkeys. And and it sounds funny to say, but that's a that's a situation where there's no management done. Yeah. Right. But, or but or he yeah yeah if he the management was done last year, almost yes, like a, it, over a year ago he planted corn or he planted soybeans he let it go and he hadn't yep. had time to get there yet. And guess what that was? That was accidental results. Accidental Unless results. Unless he purposely did it. Podcast. Right. But regardless, if he purposefully did it, um, that was a great move and that took planning and intentionality to, to accomplish. But literally, it's not the thing that most people think of when they think of productive food plots. That's the that's that's the scenario that everyone's like cringes at. But that's the best. Like that's yeah. how far off the off the boat we are Manage- on things in our perception. Food plot management for turkeys is almost totally different than than for white-tailed deer. 
and and in this time frame of the year absolutely yeah and and so like I posted that video today, and right out of the gate, guys were asking questions, wanting more information on it. And I'm like, okay, well, just for rough, easy, like, guidelines, if the opening is less than a quarter acre or it's in an area that, man, the deer just keep it grazed to nothing, then it's probably a great place to lightly disc it up in the fall, broadcast half-rate oats or wheat, Maybe some annual clover, or you can disc it in the winter and let it grow. But we want weeds. We want weeds and bare ground. And yep. so these little wildlife openings, I mean, we did we did a podcast on it a couple of months ago, and we did several of them last fall. And lo and behold, that's where we have a couple of nice bachelor groups hanging out this summer. When, oh, yeah, you, they're pretty consistent. And you can look at it, and you're like, you know, ironweed grew up and wingstem grew up, and it's like there's a, and, and a couple little oaks uh, sprouts didn't get killed out or disc up, and so it's like this uneven vegetation height that's all less than four foot tall, and there's a diversity of species, and you're like, it's a matter of time for a turkey drags a clutch of poults through there, because that right there looks dynamite. Yeah, I, I'm going to say something else as you were talking about that wildlife opening and, and the unevenness of it, but that's maybe a little aggressive. Um, but again, it's reality. I'm not interested in how pretty your farm looks. I'm interested in how productive it is. No doubt. And I think that when when we talk, we've, we've done a podcast on, on evaluating your goals. And an aesthetic value has... Uh, implications uh, and, and it has a lot of precedence for, for a lot of people. Um, and there's areas of the farm that sure I, I would want to, to, to be, let's say nice, presentable, if you will. But at the same time, do not exaggerate that out across your property. Mm-hmm. That is like the worst thing. Uneven those wildlife openings. Yes. Someone's going to go there and be like, that looks like someone just, Randomly abandoned. came in here, abandoned yeah, the area. half half abandoned, half dropped the disc, accidentally dropped some seed here. But guess what? That's where that's where life is happening, and that's yeah. where that's where broods are going to be raised. Bucks are literally there every day, browsing on the various types, whether it's planted or native browse. That's there. Yep, and and that's exactly what we need. Um, more of on, on the landscape is intentional management. And, and again, I think you said it earlier, May, June timeframe, a lot of people are just, you know, food plot focused. They don't really know what to do. They start heading to the lake and to the beach and this and that. And like, well, it's green. There's plenty of food. I don't need to worry about anything. We need to be concerned about this time of the year. I think the lack of management or precedence during this time of the year has got us to the boat that we're in right now because we haven't realized, wow, it is a jungle out there. Yeah. Uh, no doubt. Our food plots are grown up for the sake of soil health. Um, we've got great stands of clover, and, and every opening looks just like those two things. And then our timber has been cut or thin, but we only got one little area burned. And you're like, well, you, you that one little area is supposed to produce, is supposed to have four hens and, and clutches. That's, that's a heyday for a bunch of predators. Yep. That's so, easy pickings. That's that's yeah. confined movement right there. That's right. So yeah, I, I hope hope uh you know, this was a quick one this week as we're kinda traveling and in and in between a bunch of stuff, but we hope everybody enjoys this one and gets them really thinking about things that are uh missing on the landscape right now. 
which that's when right. you look at the jungle, you think, well, there's not much missing. But that's the point of it. <laughs> we got to change our, our, our perspective and our lens, which we always talk about. But this is just another prime example of uh, doing it at a different time of the year when most people are just trying to skate by and just move on down the road. Yep. Try and get through July when antlers are really, really growing and changing and taking shape. But That's this right. is important. That's right. Guys, we hope you enjoyed it. We'll catch you next week. See you guys.